in a world where options are limitless, but time is not. Two heroes take a stand against injustice and overwhelming viewing choices. Starring Jane Ellen. I don't see how the human race survived the medieval period. And Adam Cravens. A lot of them didn't. This is Binge or Cringe. A podcast that lets you know what's worth watching and what's not. From the Hinson Oakley Podcast Center and Rock 93.7. Hello and welcome to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. And I have been watching TV. I, I have also watched television. Okay. Thank you for listening. And that's the show, guys. (laughs) So uh, first, I want to talk about something that I – I have Disney Plus because it's free for me anyway. And really all that I've seen on it is The Mandalorian, which I can't say strongly enough. You need to watch The Mandalorian. I mean – I, I think it was a given that a Star Wars TV show was always going to garner some attention. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think any – Star Wars fans are often divided on what they like and what they do not like. But not in this But, case. like, Mandalorian, I really have not had anybody, like, have any a, – a serious, like, qualm and just be like, you know what? I'm not I'm not digging it. I'm How not, could – Just ain't, it ain't The Mandalorian is awesome. The end. The second thing I've seen the most – is Simpsons episodes that apparently I missed because Anna Grace is now watching all of them. And there are many years of that. And I'm delighted about that. So, well, I just in, yes. keep in mind for the people that don't know this out there, the Simpsons have been on for 30 plus years. And it's possible I missed at one the, or two episodes. Or actually, 1980. No, it is 30 years. Mm-hmm. It's right at 30 years. I'm just saying, and if you're doing an average of 20 episodes per, like, what is it? They're up to 500. Mm-hmm. Something like I I very closely watched The Simpsons for at least the first ten years. Um, there were points in my twenties when I didn't have cable, and you know, it was sometimes rent was hard to, so I didn't get to see them all then. But like through you know either like rewatching and reruns or syndication mm-hmm. or DVDs or anything, I still do manage to find episodes where I go, ah. Uh, no, I, missed that one. I have not seen this. Hmm. So for me, I just haven't had time to go and see a lot of stuff, but I know that there is a, a great wealth of backlog uh, of movies and stuff on there. So when I saw this pop up, uh, Jim started watching it and I had to go to work and I just went, huh, I don't remember that movie because they just made it. And it is called Togo with Willem Dafoe, who... I truly thought this movie was made about 20 years ago based on how he looks. And it's not that they de-younged him or anything. It's not that he isn't lined. Wait, hold, pause. What now? What was that verb? De-younged him. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. And uh, he looks amazing, and I can't describe why. Maybe it's just good lighting. Okay, so here's the thing. This is about Togo, and Togo is the lead dog on a a team in 1925, based on true story. And I know you know the story because you've heard of Balto. But the story is that there was a, a, as 
city, air quotes, and, you know, they're dying. They have, uh, I guess, the flu and they need antibiotics and there's a terrible storm, yada, yada, yada. And so the only way to get the medicine to save them is to do uh, the, the dog sledding into the storm. So... I kept thinking, this story sounds familiar, but I don't remember the name Togo. So if I recall it correctly, Balto is the, the name of one of the lead dogs that, that made the, that like, not cross the finish line, but like was the last one on the leg to deliver to this town. Is he also a cartoon yes. in he this is. film? No. This film is... I've, I, when, when you said yes, I'm just like... <laughs> Wow, that's a that's a bold choice doing a live action film, and for some reason, including one of the dogs as an animated character. Okay, oh, that would be interesting. A cartoon. All right, I'm in. I, I'm listening now. So this is told from the point of view, uh, same same town, same stuffs going on, and I'm going to have to do a little more reading because uh, Willem Dafoe plays a, a character that existed. I don't know if he is. Maybe his job is he trains teams or things. I thought Tom Hanks was contractually obligated to... Train all teams? No, to play all living people. It's oh, a, yeah, no. He, maybe it was a scheduling conflict. Uh, but what is delightful in this is, first of all, dogs. Second of all, huskies. You had me at dogs. And oddly enough, in this one... None of the dogs die, though you know the dogs are all dead because this was 1925. None of them are alive today. Sorry, spoiler. Well, a lot of the people that were alive then are not alive today. Exactly. So you go back far enough, and what is going on? And I don't know the history of the the breed of the husky, but from what I'm getting from this, without doing too much research, is he is also breeding them because they are working dogs, and they they did that in Alaska. I mean, it's how you got around, really. He rode a husky. No. <laughs> yeah. So he's, he has this litter, yada, yada, yada. But there's this one incorrigible puppy that does everything wrong. It can dig out from anywhere. It constantly wants to be with him. And he and his wife, mostly him, these are working dogs. They take excellent care of them, but they're not pets. They're working dogs that they train. and They're utilities, yes. essentially. Yes. Yeah. Um, so there's that. But this dog is somehow different. And apparently this dog was the runt of the litter and uh, the wife thought the dog would die. And so she brought him into the house and, you know, Alaska's tough, whatever. The dog lived and he was amazing and became the lead dog. And so this is about uh, going into the storm and what the story still fascinates me Somewhere along the line, a politician changed the plan. The town planned, we're going to send this guy with this team to go get that medicine because that is the quickest way to do it. The planes aren't plainy enough to to fly. Is this actual lines of dialogue from the... Yes, the planes aren't. The planes aren't plainy enough. Aren't plainy enough. <laughs> did, did they say it in the night? The yes. planes aren't plainy enough. <laughs> That's exactly how they uh, said it. It's not guess Mars. <laughs> Actually, one guy does talk like that. And so they send him out. You know, he's got the mission. He's going out, and it's a big deal because you see, Togo is twelve years old, and most dogs, you know, twelve to sixteen. I mean, that is even in, in dog people years, years, people yeah. years. That the dog is 
older. Old. Yeah. yeah, it's an old dog. And going into a storm, even with a young dog, it's no fun. But he goes out, and then like 48 hours later, they're talking to his wife and saying, well, the governor has decided that they're going to send someone here to get the serum and then meet him, which in theory is a good idea. But she said, how is he going to know that he's supposed to meet this guy to get serum? It's not like they have cell phones or walkie-talkies even. They can't just be like, well, here, text me his picture. And, They'll you be know, like, it's Wait, just what? how she's, she's trying to explain to the politician who knows clearly nothing. It's like, depending on the weather, you could do this, you could do that. You just, how is he going to know to meet the guy? Right. And they said, well, we're pretty sure that at this day he'd be here. And then she explains to them, she goes, no, if there's ice on this river, he will cross it. And uh, that is perhaps the most gripping part of it because there was ice that was breaking and they cross it. And it was, it, it's a, it's a good movie and you do know how it ends because, well, I've told you, but it's a story that has circulated a while. And toward the very end, you hear the reporter talk to, I forgot the name of the man that was mushing Balto's team. And he goes, so what's the name of the lead dog? And he goes, uh, well, that one there is named Fox. And the guy playing the reporter must have been someone's friend that got to say two lines. Well, people think that that's a fox and not a dog. What's that one's name? Balto. Yeah, that'll do it. Balto. And then you're going, oh, so that's why. And poor Fox. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care yeah. for that name. Mm, not at all. So, um, yeah, there's that. Because there's a lot to be read about Balto. But it doesn't matter all of the animals and people that participated in that. You know, that's, it's the Iditarod with storms and no prize money. Well, I think it's prize enough that the townsfolk got the medicine. That yes, they, and the children. There lives. is a yeah. Yes. So I mean, like, I mean, as nice as like you know medals are, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. Like, children living is a good thing. It's a it's a, it's a gift of yes. sorts. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I my point being on Disney Plus, I thought Togo was just a movie that you know I didn't see. Cuba Gooding Jr. wasn't in it, but it has huskies, and it's like, you're, what? Snow, you're comparing Snow Dogs to a film that you've spoken in, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, like a reverential tone to I'm it. I'm just but, saying there were huskies and snow in that movie, and that's really okay, all I remember. All right, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're not wrong about so. it. So. <laughs> that's, that's probably where the good stops, and the similarities between this film and that. I believe so, and... Uh, it is not an older film that you missed. This has been made for Disney Plus. And again, this could have been a theatrical release. And I, I I know I've said this a lot about Disney Plus, but like it just continues to be true. Like their films that they are making for this service, like again, really are indistinguishable. Mm-hmm. Like Back in the day, being a direct to you know DVD or and a straight a bad to, thing, yeah, like there was going to be a def, just a definite drop in quality. Disney really, I mean, they're putting money, they're putting talent. Like you, you can tell that resources were used mm-hmm. on this. Like again, the the Lady yeah. and the Tramp that they did. If you did not know any better, you would think this thing had went to theaters. Now I have to wonder. I know in the middle of the blockbuster heyday, you just would not have imagined 
we go and you pick out what you want and you take it home and you watch it. I mean, I never would have imagined that blockbusters would not exist because it just seemed like, oh, well, this the movie was in the theater and now this is how we take it home. And even though maybe we take it home on DVD or a tape, this is it how we do it. It was going to be, yeah. The delivery yes. method, maybe like it was going to, you know, it was going to be on an SD card or it was yeah. going to be on a Blu-ray or a DVD or a VHS. Or well, a, we go and we rent it or we buy it, whatever. Well, I, I mean, wonder. It, it was a billion dollar yeah. industry at one point. I wonder if because of the quality of all of these things, will that be the death knell for a theater and changing the way we watch, because it is different to watch with a group of people as to watch yourself. Is that is that going to be something new? Is it going to be watch it with everyone? We're going to release this movie on this date and hear all the video chats or whatever. I just wonder if one day there just won't be theaters because there is no longer a reason to have them. Your your mid-tier stuff that basically doesn't exist anymore. Like when you would have like that, back in the day, like maybe a $60 million action movie mm-hmm. or like the kind of the cheaply shot romantic comedy. Those are not, th- those films are not guaranteed like opening weekend stuff. I think, and, and again, 20 years from now, there there may be something I'm not anticipating, but the your event movies. Mm-hmm. Your your Star Wars, your Marvel movies, your, you know, Batman movies. I think those are the films that kind of become your the thing that drives the theater. Mm-hmm. But your smaller things, your your mid-tier stuff or movies that, you know, are are smaller your your Clint Eastwood movies. Mm-hmm. At some point, um they're shot cheaply enough that like and I'm I'm hoping that Clint Eastwood lives another 90 years. Um, those are the kind of films that you see going on there. The ones that mm-hmm. do not require a $300 million budget. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like they're not stretched out over this. You can't tie in a lunchbox, a toy, a video game, and whatever else to it. Those yeah. those are the films I think you'll... Those are built for that. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of ameliorate your cost over those a lot more, especially if you're doing a theatrical release, a DVD release, individual video, you know, release the, you know, the or like having Netflix or whomever pay for that to go to their streaming service. That's how you get that three hundred million dollars out of your your investment plus. Mm-hmm. But um, and now you know, for theaters, you can now order ahead. You can have the food brought to you in some theaters. Some theaters, I think, have do they have bars? Some of them do now. The one of the I can't remember. Some what, have beds. What branch of AMC it is? But they've basically got what like they've got alcohol. Mm-hmm. You can you can buy like hamburgers and fr- I mean it's not gourmet quality, but I mean it's at least the quality that you could get at a fast food mm-hmm. restaurant, if not better. Um, at three times the price. And again, like you can, they've got like tables like uh-huh. in the. So I mean the. They're going to keep adding those experiences, and there will be films that kind of they have to go that route. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see theaters just going away, but like I, you're going to have to see some kind of adaptation because, like, it, I mean, at this point, yeah, something's going to change. I have a 4K television. My picture um, is going to be better than a lot of theaters mm-hmm. can provide. Like, I don't have to worry about somebody talking 
during my movie. Oh, well, if, actually, you're incorrect, Adam. You have to worry uh, about so many kids talking. Well, I, the, somebody that like didn't Strangers. have... Right. Strangers These, talking. People that I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, if I need to use the restroom, like if I'm hungry and I want to get more... Like, I don't have to miss any of my film. I can just pause it. And a lot of times, I can control like it from my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, I can... There are so many more benefits to that now that like your traditional theater can't offer me anymore. Right. But you're constantly seeing them come through. Like when, uh, when James Cameron reignited 3d, whenever like you've got the ones that like, basically it's like going out to eat and getting to watch a movie at the same time. You've got ones that you can lay down. And if you've seen any of the 4d theaters, Mm -hmm. like when, when rubber burns, like in a chase scene, you can smell like the burnt rubber. Like when it gets, well, I'm using that as an example. I'm not saying you go around sniffing, you go around sniffing rubber, Jane. You're listening to Binge or Cringe, brought to you by Hinson Oakley Family Dentistry. Jane Ellen talking with Adam Cravens about what is worth watching on TV, The Mandalorian, and uh, Togo. And they were, oh man, something else popped up. That- now, I did happen to catch one of Netflix's, Netflix's, Netflix eyes. The Netflix eye. Did you watch The Witcher? No, I have not watched it yet. Uh, I did see Six Underground, though. Do tell. I have read It's a Hot Mess. It's I will. It's the Michael Bayist mm-hmm. movie that Michael Bay can't like. I, and I I think this is kind of like funny, but kind of sad for him. Michael Bay films are almost indistinguishable from each other. Like obviously, if you see a giant robot, it's one of the Transformers. Mm-hmm. Or if you hear hear an Oh Hell No, it's probably one of the Bad Boys movies. Mm-hmm. But by and large, I can show you random clips from Michael Bay movies for the past 20 years. And I will defy you as long as there's not like if Will Smith is in it, you know which movie it is. I will defy you to tell me like when this film was made, like with a Spielberg movie. Like if you go back and you see Sugarland Express, um, that film doesn't look like any of other any any other films that Spielberg did. When you look at Hook. Mm-hmm. Like you're not confusing Hook and Jurassic Park together. Like there's a difference between the films. Maybe it's the d- different cinematographer, different subject matter. Spielberg movies do not look the same. And even to a certain point, like Martin Scorsese movies or James Cameron, there, nobody's sitting there going, am I watching Avatar or Terminator? I can't, yeah. I don't remember. Michael Bay movies. And like, if you're into this kind of film, I, I guess it doesn't matter to you. Blowed up real good. Um, but but again, if I just show you a scene that does not give you like a definite bit to tell you, oh, this is definitely that movie. You can't tell them apart. Like the 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 thing that denotes this from Bad Boys or Transformers or any of those other movies is that Ryan Reynolds is in it, and Ryan Reynolds is funny. Like in the movie, he's got a lot of really good oh, one liners. Most of the movie is things that you have seen Michael Bay do for roughly the end. The last 20, I think one of his first major films, if I'm remembering right, was, I think it was The Rock. Well, the summary of this reminded me of The Expendables, all versions of that film. You have six people who are really good at what they do. They have a special set of skills and they want to delete their past. So they agree to do some other third thing. It it feels like 
a Mission Impossible movie if it was directed by the guy that did Fast and the Furious. Like okay. that's that's what it felt like to me. So it's kind of spy-y, car chasey, and obviously things blow up. E. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Are there any doves? Um, no, but Michael Bay doesn't. That's that's John Woo. I know, but maybe he just wanted to confuse someone. He's, John Woo came in and guest directed the scene. He's like, "Put those doves up, put them up." Before this semi hits that semi, I want to see a dove. It just, I, I, I don't think Michael Bay is an untalented director, and would like, happily be in any of his projects. Granted, yes, absolutely, like no, no questions asked. But I'm just like. I don't know what made him like. Obviously, they were just like, "Here's a paycheck," but like, I don't know what made him feel like he needed to do this movie. Like, I mean, I guess he did the last what five Transformer movies, and I, I know the reason. I definitely know the reason he made those. But I, I guess like as a as an auteur or as an artist, and I know, I know, I know. I'm just saying, like. Why wouldn't you want to grow? Like, if a film you made in 2000 is indistinguishable from a movie that you made in 2019, like, maybe you need to... And listen, like, if you anyway. want if you want fast cars, gunshots, like, slow motion shots, and just... And brunettes. I, I, I think he loves all the rainbow, oh. the colors of the rainbow, not, not just the... But, I, again, I'm just... I'm sitting there going, I've seen you do this before. I've seen you do it multiple times before. What made you go, this is what I need to, co- to commit time, money, well, effort? Maybe when he just looks at all the zeros on the paychecks, he goes, why would I do something else? I mean, I, This I, is working. I guarantee a Netflix really. <sighs> so I'm, did you like it? No. You liked Ryan Reynolds. 22-year-old me, 21-year-old mm-hmm. me would have loved this movie. Mm-hmm. 39-year-old me. um, it just, it didn't appeal to me. Like, I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago, but Michael Bay apparently is. <laughs> like, okay. and I, I, I mean, I don't mean that. Listen, this guy has a lot more money than me. I haven't directed any movies that have made over a billion dollars. So, like, I'm not telling you I'm better than this guy. I'm just saying, if you if you watch Michael Bay and you love Michael Bay and you just got to have some Michael Bay and you've already watched Bad Boys 2, like, three times this week... This is a movie he did that has a lot of those elements in it, and you haven't seen it, but it's it's nothing that you have not seen this director do multiple times before over the course of his career. Okay. So if you could just lift the Ryan Reynolds parts out of it, watch just like 10 minutes of it, you'd be entertained? Um, R- Ryan Reynolds, like I said, is funny in it. Like, he's, he's almost always amusing. Yeah. He's the best part of it, but just like the kind of the... The surrounding, like mm. uh, the the other elementary. You I want to say, no, I don't want to say that. Never mind. Anyway, so kind of a eh on Six Underground. It, yeah, like I said, like I I was a fan of the Bad Boys movies. Like, and it, there's going to be another one. But he's not involved in it. It's oh. a different. It's just it's Will Smith, and Martin Lawrence in a Bad Boys movie, but Michael Bay is not directing it. Oh, but I, I guess the the. The fan of those that saw him when he was 15 and 23, I'm just sitting there going, maybe, maybe you should have, you know, moved on or grown mm, or, or like, not. don't, don't be the, like, don't be the old guy hanging out at the high school party. And that's kind of what Michael Bay is doing. <laughs> like, I don't, 
I, I, I'm not trying to, again, dump on this guy who is tremendously successful that, like, Steven Spielberg hired. I'm not tremendously successful, and Steven Spielberg has never asked me to do anything Yet. that I did not imagine in a dream <laughs> or a hallucination. So, um, TV-wise, yeah, seek out Togo in The Mandalorian. If you're not watching The Mandalorian, I will soon have nothing to say to you. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. I speak for everyone. <laughs> it, it really is good. Yeah, it, it, it it's really well is worth good. your time. It really is good. So, uh, thank you for listening to Binge or Cringe. I'm Jane Ellen. Starring Jane Ellen and Adam Cravens is a Hinson Oakley Podcast Center production. Listen to new or past podcasts anytime at rock937online.com.